Hey friends, thank you for inviting us into your space today. We have so many things going on at Christ, mm -hmm. good things, really good things yeah. uh, going on here at Christ Community Church. So be sure to go over to our website, uh, go to the coming up page and find ways that you can get connected here. We've got group options, different ways that you can just be a part of Christ Community. Also be sure to like and subscribe. And if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, be sure to subscribe so you can get more of our messages in your feet. We hope you enjoy the message. Hello, Christ community, so glad you are here. Uh, we, just a reminder, we have baptism uh, service coming up in two weeks, I believe. If you've not been baptized as a believer in Jesus, I encourage you, we encourage you to do that. Um, and you can do all of that. You can uh, do the application process online. Check that out on our website. We're excited about what God is doing and what he's gonna be doing at our service in a couple weeks. All right, we're spending about a year walking through the book of 1 Corinthians and we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is an amazing chapter because in it, Paul goes into great detail about a specific way we can experience the Holy Spirit flowing in and through us. And that way is through this incredible thing called spiritual gifts. Last week, we looked at the first part of chapter 12 and, we, and, and, and used Paul's words there to come up with kind of a working definition of what a spiritual gift is. So here's what we came up with. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 7, a spiritual gift is a special ability given to believers by the Holy Spirit and energized by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of serving other people and demonstrating that the Spirit is alive. That's what a spiritual gift is. It is a Holy Spirit empowered ability given to believers in Jesus. And when that gift is used, it brings blessing and life to other people. As I was, so as I was thinking about this, this past week, this whole idea of spiritual gifts, I had this realization. What Paul is describing here is sort of like a superpower. Um, I mean, what is it that draws us as adults and, and children to DC and Marvel movies and television shows? It's more than just a good story. I think so many of those shows tap into a deeper longing in our hearts to have a power beyond ourselves that enables us to help humanity. And that, that's exactly what Paul is describing here. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have been entrusted with certain spiritual superpowers, certain spiritual gifts that enable you to fuel the work of God in other people's lives. I mean, just let that sink in. I mean, this is amazing when you really think about it. And it immediately stirs in us a really important question. What, what superpowers, what spiritual gifts has God bestowed upon each of us so that we could be used to bless and to help other people? Well, that's the question that we want to kind of begin exploring uh, today. And, and we're going to do that by, by looking at all the spiritual gifts that are specifically mentioned by the Apostle Paul in his letters. And hopefully as we begin looking at these, our hearts are going to be stirred in one of two critically important ways. One, some of us here are going to hear something being described and we're going to think to ourselves, that, that's me. That's me. That's a gift that I have. It's going to be incredibly affirming and, and, and empowering. The other thing that I am praying happens is that some of us, are, as, we're going to, as we're hearing about a particular gift, are going to think, I want that gift. 
I want that gift. I want to operate in that spiritual gift. I want to be involved in blessing other people with that spiritual gift. And that's really a good thing because Paul says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So that desire is really, really important. And so I'm praying that that this message stirs a desire in us for more of the gifts of the spirit working in and through us. So what I want to do first in this, uh, in this message, I want to read the four passages in the New Testament where Paul specifically lists some spiritual gifts. Two of these lists are found in the chapter we're going through, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. One is found in Romans 12, and then one other one is found in Ephesians 4. And then we're going to unpack each of these gifts. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the spirit of, uh, through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Jumping down to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Jumping to Romans 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Then finally, Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. So those are the four passages in which Paul lists specific spiritual gifts. And in order to unpack all of these passages, I thought it would be helpful to organize all of these gifts into three categories of impact. Speaking gifts, doing gifts, and demonstration gifts, okay? So the first category are speaking gifts. Gifts that involve speaking life into other people. So for some of you, one of your spiritual gifts is in the arena of your words, what you say to other people. Paul Paul specifically mentions six spiritual gifts in this category. The first is the message of wisdom, which Paul mentions first in his list in 1 Corinthians 12. Wisdom is the ability to discern and know what is the best choice of action, okay? To know what that action is. So the spiritual gift of the message of wisdom or the word of wisdom is the ability to not, it's not just about having wisdom. It is the ability to speak wisdom into a situation where wisdom is needed. I mean, what an incredibly valuable and much needed gift today in the midst of all the confusion and the chaos around us. We need people with this gift speaking wisdom into our lives. Well, the second speaking superpower, spiritual gift, is is what Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, as the message of knowledge. This gift is often referred to as the word of knowledge. When this gift is operating, the spirit within you reveals things to you that you otherwise wouldn't have known. 
So then when you share this word of knowledge with another person, they are blown away. They feel seen by God. In his book, The Beginner's Guide to the Gift of Prophecy, Jack Deere tells about a time when he was on a prayer team with a guy who had recently come to Christ. So they're on the prayer team and they're praying for this woman. And as they're praying for this woman, this new believer, he whispers in Jack's ear, ask her if she doesn't believe God loves her because she had an abortion when she was 18 years old. Well, Jack Deere, he was you know, initially hesitating, uh, but then he, he thought, okay, I'm just gonna ask. And so he gently asked this woman about this and her eyes immediately flooded with tears. That was her exact situation. That's a word of knowledge. Knowledge was revealed to this person, something they wouldn't have known on their own. And that kind of word of knowledge, why it's so powerful is because it, this person who receives that word feels seen by God and can experience God's love and power in that place of hurt or shame or distance from him. Now, there, there are people who regularly operate in this spiritual gift, but I also think this is a spontaneous gift that God sometimes distributes at a particular moment in time. And the question is, are we open to God giving us knowledge about another person and then being willing to share that? Not in a God told me sort of way, but in a, as I was praying, this came to my mind. Does this resonate with you? Sort of way. Okay. Third speaking gift that Paul mentions is the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is the only gift that Paul mentions in all four of these passages, so we know it's pretty important. In fact, in, to Paul, in, in, in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Paul saw such value in the utilizing of this gift in the body of Christ. He urges us, all of us, to desire this gift. So here's a definition of prophecy I gave a few weeks ago when we were looking at chapter 11. Prophecy is the sharing with another person or group of people something that God has spontaneously brought to your mind. So when someone is operating in this gift, they listen to God on behalf of someone else and then they tentatively share with them what they're hearing. So light, it's similar to the word of knowledge. This can be so impactful because the person feels seen by God. My wife, Raylene, was on our prayer team a, a few months ago. And after the sermon, we like to just invite people to come forward if they're wanting to kind of just be prayed for. And, and so um, a young man came up, very tall, college-age athletic guy came up, and he stood up here. And so Raylene just went um, to began praying for him, just kind of listening and blessing what God's doing. And as she was praying, she had her, uh, come to her mind this picture of this big athletic guy pulling a little red wagon with little kids. Um, and she was like, God, I, I can't share that. You know, I, I can't, this football player kind of guy, I, I can't share that. You know, this is gonna kind of seem foolish to this, this guy, but this picture would not go away. She, and she just felt like she was supposed to share it with him. And so she hesitantly shared this picture with him. And then and, and she started to give all these disclaimers, you know, about how he needs to test and weigh this, and how it might not be from God. You need to just test and weigh and all that. And as she was giving all these disclaimers, he, he bent down because he was about, you know, two feet taller than her. He bent down to her and he said, I just started working at a preschool last week. I'm guessing that in that moment, he felt seen 
by God, that God values what he's doing. Now, again, there are people with more of a permanent prophetic gift. They just operate in this more. But I don't, I don't want that reality to keep all of us from being open to at times when as we're praying for someone and we stop to listen to God, God may give us a picture or a word for them. And we need to share that with them lovingly and, and tentatively, but share it with, let them test in way. Sometimes, oh, I don't want to share it because what if I'm not right? The Bible says you're not going to always be right. That's why it says test and weigh. The testing and weighing is on the person receiving. It's not on your responsibility. If you're sensing something, you're not sure it's from God or not, you share it lovingly, tentatively, and let them test and weigh. But in that moment, it may be that God is spontaneously giving you a gift of prophecy. In that moment, to demonstrate to them that he sees them. I mean, how cool is that? A fourth gift in this speaking category is the gift of teaching, which Paul mentions in the list in Romans 12 and also in Ephesians 4. This gift is the supernatural ability to help people understand and apply God's word. So this isn't usually a spontaneous gift. It's a more permanent gift. It involves study and preparation and, and then the ability to communicate in a way that pours life, spiritual life into people. Fifth speaking gift is the gift of encouragement. Which Paul, which Paul also mentions in Romans 12. The word that he uses here is the word parakaleo, which is the word used in, 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 in the book of John to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and provides comfort and encouragement and strength. I love that. This is such a much needed gift today. There is so much discouragement all around us. People are discouraged about themselves. They're discouraged about the world, about circumstances. Someone with the gift of encouragement is able to pour life into the people around them by speaking words of comfort and affirmation. A friend of mine is so intentional about using this gift. I probably receive an encouraging text from him at least once a week. And he uses this gift to pour into me and into others as well. Some of you here have this gift. And I'm just asking, are you using it in your marriage? Are you using it in your family? Are you using it in your workplace, in your friendships, in your small group, in your church? Are we using it? A sixth speaking gift is the gift of evangelism, which Paul mentions in Ephesians 4. The gift of evangelism is a supernatural ability to share Jesus with people in a way that connects with them. Obviously, all of us are to share our faith. This doesn't let any of us off the hook. We're all to share our faith with others. But people with the spiritual gift of evangelism typically have an elevated passion for this, and they tend to see more people coming to Christ when they share. And man, we need more of this gift in this body. So each one of these six speaking gifts pours life into other people through wisdom, through knowledge, through prophecy, through encouragement, the sharing of the gospel. The second general category, and through teaching, I missed that one too. Okay, second general category of spiritual gifts is focused not on speaking, but on doing, 
doing things that pour life into others. Paul mentions several of these doing spiritual gifts. One is the gift of serving, which he mentions in the list in Romans 12. This is one of those gifts that's often done behind the scenes, but the impact is huge. A person with this gift loves to serve others. They step into places where there is a need and they do what needs to be done without any recognition, often any act that is do what needs to be done. I, I've noticed how these people, um, they have a beautiful availability to help another person fix something or move into another home for the fourth time. No, whatever. Uh, or into a new apartment. They just, they're just available. Our, our faith in action team, ministry teams, they model this gift, coming alongside of widows or single moms to fix things around their house. Related to this gift is the gift of helps, which Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 12. It's a little different than the gift of service. The gift of helps <clears throat> seems to be more focused on providing practical help for people in need, especially the under-resourced, the vulnerable, the poor, the marginalized, the neglected. I think of uh, the study buddies ministry that we have highlighted a few times here. Um, it's just, it's created this loving community where teenage girls from refugee backgrounds receive help with homework, getting their driver's license, all that stuff. And these girls have found a family in study buddies. It is amazing to see, and it exudes the impact of this particular spiritual gift of helps. Another doing gift Paul mentions in Romans 12 is the gift of giving. While Jesus commands all of us to be generous with our finances and to give to him, it's a part of our spiritual health, really, commands all of us. There are certain people in the body of Christ who have this as a spiritual gift. They are incredibly generous, well beyond the 10% tithe. They have a passion for giving and are continually looking for ways to leverage their financial resources or their financial abilities for the kingdom. I mean, talk about a behind-the-scenes gift that has a huge impact. People with the gift of giving often fuel ministry in significant ways. They realize their financial acumen, their financial resources are a tangible resource to build the kingdom, and they love to give to that. Another doing gift is the gift of mercy. While all of us are to demonstrate mercy and compassion as we follow Jesus, those with this spiritual gift have a pull towards people who are hurting. They, they see the world around them through the lens of the heart. And, and they're just, they're filled with compassion and empathy toward people who were in need. This is the good Samaritan, right? Who saw the beaten and bloodied person on the side of the road and they were moved with compassion rather than just walking past like the Levite and the priest too busy with their religious things to stop. Another doing gift Paul mentions is the gift of guidance. Sometimes this is translated the gift of administration. This word was used to describe in that time period, it was used to describe a person who was steering a ship 
or who piloted a ship. That, that's what the word was used for. So it, its meaning is probably a combination of both guidance and administration. So this is someone with this gift. This is someone who can formulate and implement strategies for navigating situations. So th this is the person who in a meeting where everyone is dreaming about all these amazing ideas, this person is sitting there thinking, but who is going to actually implement this? And they already have a plan forming in their mind. I love these people. Okay, I love these people. Another doing gift is the gift of pastor. This is a person who has a supernatural capacity to shepherd and spiritually care for a group of people. So small group leaders often have this supernatural ability. They are concerned about the spiritual health of their flock. However large that is, it doesn't matter. They're concerned about the spiritual health of their flock and helping their flock move towards Jesus. Paul also mentions the gift of leadership in Romans 12. A person with a leadership gift is, is, is able to help move an organization or a group of people from point A to point B. So when this gift is operating in the body of Christ, things happen, and they happen through other people. That's what makes an effective leader. An effective leader isn't doing all the work. That's not leadership, okay? That's cool, but it's not leadership. The effective leader, they don't do all the work themselves. They are able to inspire and motivate people so that what happens is in this synergy, all of us together can do more than we ever could do on our own. The other doing gift Paul mentions in, in a couple of these lists is the gift of apostle. This is not a reference to the official apostles, the disciples of Jesus who initially founded the church and that included Paul. The, 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 the apost those apostles had a unique authority that's not replicated. The gift of apostle is describing someone who loves to chart new territory for the gospel. They tend to be bold, visionary pioneers that help advance the gospel in new places or in new regions. Now, in addition to these doing gifts that Paul specifically mentions, I want to mention that there are other doing gifts that Paul doesn't mention. I don't think he's intending to give us a comprehensive list of the only these gifts are gifts. I think there are other gifts, doing gifts that have a significant impact. I think of the spiritual gift of intercession, praying for people. We have people with the gift of you know, intercession and they're on our prayer teams and they're amazing. Or the spiritual gift of worship leading. I mean, that's, that's, that's an ability, that's a gift. It's not just the ability to sing, the ability to lead people into an experience of worship. Or the spiritual gift of hospitality, opening your home to others. Or what about the spiritual gift of artistic expression, creating music or art that blesses people and points them to Jesus? I mean, there, there are a lot of amazing doing gifts. The third category of spiritual gifts is what I, would, I call demonstration gifts. So these are gifts that are focused on demonstrating the power of God in a way that impacts other people. This seems to be the category of spiritual gifts that the Corinthian church was really into. Um, they're often referred to as, as the sign gifts because they are dramatic demonstrations that point people to Jesus. When this gift happens, it's like a sign. It's like, wow, 
Look what God can do. So they're, they're kind of pointing people to Jesus. So in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul specifically mentions five of these gifts. The first is the gift of faith. This is not talking about normal living by faith, experience of every believer. We're all supposed to live by faith and all that. It's not talking about that. This is a spiritual empowerment. This is a spiritual gift, something the spirit imparts and energizes where a person who is facing an impossible situation or a friend of theirs or someone they know is facing an impossible situation and this person is suddenly filled with faith and they are able to pray boldly and confidently for something huge to happen. Are we open? Are you and I open to God pouring out this gift on us at a moment in time when we are facing an impossible situation, God pour out this gift of faith. It might be just a spontaneous thing where for 30 seconds you got it. Step into it if you got it, you know, <laughs> step into it because God responds to faith. Related to this is the gift of miraculous powers, which Paul mentions in chapter 12. A miracle is something that only God can do. And this is a particular gift that I think is more of a spontaneous gift given at any moment in time when we need it. I was talking with a guy in our church who told me a story about how years ago his beater car broke down on the side of the road again. Um, and uh, it, it just was a terrible car, um, broke down and, and he tried for 30 minutes to start this car and nothing happened. And so he, his 10 year old son was in the car with him. And so he asked his 10 year old son to pray for this situation. And his son prayed for the situation. The dad tried it again. It started right up. That seems pretty miraculous to me. And the coolest thing of all is that his 10-year-old son was the one who was imparted that gift in that moment. What kind of an impact well, what did that have on that little 10-year-old heart? Now, one particular manifestation of this miraculous gift is another gift Paul mentions, the gift of healing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. Notice the word gifts is plural which shows that there is a variety of ways the healing gift can be experienced. It could be for physical healing. It could be for emotional healing. But in that moment, the person who is praying for healing becomes an instrument of God's healing power. So is this a permanent gift or is this more of a spontaneous gift? I think it could be either one. There are some people in the body of Christ who have a healing gift, meaning when they pray for people, they see more frequently people you know, healed. But I also think this gift could be experienced in a more spontaneous way. Whereas any of us here are praying for healing for someone, God pours out a healing gift in that moment. And we are part of a miracle, which means any of us could operate in this gift at any moment in time. If the spirit so chooses, we don't have to choose. We just pray. He's the one who chooses, right? He's the one who distributes. So what if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God wants to give you that gift the moment you pray so that you are partnering with him and seeing someone experience healing? That would be so cool. Another demonstration gift is the gift of discernment, 
Paul refers to this in 1 Corinthians 12 as the distinguishing between spirits. This gift is where someone who has been endowed by the Holy Spirit, the ability to discern if something is or isn't from God. They just sense it. And this especially becomes helpful in the ministry of deliverance, praying for people to be delivered from demonic oppression. It's really helpful to have people or a person with a discernment gift in that situation. The final two demonstration gifts Paul mentions are the gifts of speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Speaking in tongues is the ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the speaker. And the interpretation of tongues is the ability to know what that speaker is saying when they're using the gift of tongues. So we're gonna get to these two more controversial gifts way more detail when we eventually get to chapter 14. So I'm not gonna take the time to unpack them right now. Okay, so let's just stop for a moment and reflect on what we just did. We looked at, we just looked at an amazing diversity and variety of spiritual gifts that God is distributing in the body of Christ. And since we are the body of Christ, that means that each one of us gets to be a part of this supernatural thing that the Spirit is doing in people's lives. So the question is, how do we jump into this? Two things, two things I would mention. One, by using the gifts we've been given. In the list in Romans 12, we read earlier, I don't know if you noticed this, but after Paul mentions each gift, he then adds this line, so use it. <laughs> if your gift is giving, then give. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it's encouragement, then encourage others. Just do it. Use the gifts you've been given, and you will find incredible joy in partnering with God's Spirit to bless other people and to pour into other people. The second way to jump into this area, be available and obedient. A lot of the gifts Paul mentions can be spontaneous gifts, given to any one of us at a particular moment in time, which can open the door for an amazing adventure. God invites us to join him in our everyday lives. We just need to be available and obedient. I think sometimes these gifts happen when we just, we sense something God's doing and we just sort of step into it. Whether we have a gift or not, we just kind of step into it and we see what God does. A friend of mine was telling me how he was in the middle of working on something and out of, just out of the blue, a family that he knows, they just kind of came to his mind out of the blue. And he felt like the Lord whispered to his heart, give them money. So he felt a bit weird, but he wanted to be obedient. So he texted his family, God had placed them on his heart and God saw them and was for them. And he just, he wanted to give them this money. And, and only later, he, he, so he did that only to find out later this family was in this place of financial need and, and this text and this financial gift were incredibly significant and meaningful to them. I mean, my friend didn't know it at the time, but saying yes to God's prompting, by saying yes to God's prompting, he became a participant in a spontaneous spiritual gift in that moment that helped someone else. So what an incredible adventure the Spirit of God is inviting us into as we make ourselves available and we say yes to whatever gifts he wants to give us. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand. We're going to...
create a time to respond now. So if you're able to stand, please stand. What we like to do in this moment, I encourage you, just close your eyes. We're just gonna practice some stillness. And what we like to do in this space is in just a moment, I'm gonna pray a historically rooted prayer. Christians have been praying for centuries. It's the prayer, come Holy Spirit. And this is not about inviting the Spirit into us. This is about us opening our hearts afresh and our minds and our bodies afresh to him. And then we're just gonna wait on him. And so I wanna encourage us, let's just have a posture of openness to whatever the Holy Spirit would want to do in us. So if you wanna open your palms in front of you, this is another ancient posture in the history of the church. So Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, we are like little children just opening our hearts to you. And we thank you that you want to meet us in that place. Sometimes we are cranky, sometimes we resist, sometimes we're open. We, we want our hearts to be open to all that you have for us. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are the distributor of gifts and we are praying, Lord. I'm praying, first of all, or for um, those gifts that people have, they know they have it. I'm gonna, I pray for a fanning into flame of those gifts. A, 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 um, for for um, an, an affirmation of that, but also a longing and desire to use those gifts. So I just pray for that. We pray for that right now. And secondly, God, we want to pray. We want to pray for an impartation of gifts. God, that you would pour out your spirit in this place as we're waiting, as we're worshiping, God, 
And maybe there are gifts that you want to give us. Or maybe in this place, there are, there, there, there's a, a stirring in our heart to pray for someone around us or whatever. God, we, we just wanna be open and available for the ministry you wanna do in this place. So Holy Spirit, come as we're worshiping, as we're longing for you, just come. And I, we're praying for healing to be poured out. We pray for life and hope and encourage all these things to be poured out, God. Love to be poured out. So Holy Spirit, come. And let me just mention our prayer team's available. I'm gonna be available. If at any point you wanna just step out from your seat, we're all just gonna be worshiping. We're not gonna embarrass you or anything. Just come up. You're standing there. You could just stand up here. Um, and, and if you do that, our prayer team is just gonna come alongside and just, we're just gonna bless what God's doing. You don't have to say anything to us. We're gonna bless what God's doing. And then if, if we do sense the Lord laying something in our heart that we think is from him, we're just gonna share that with you. You can test and weigh that. So let's just let this, this, this whole room just be a place where we're waiting on the Lord. We're welcoming the Holy Spirit. We're praising God and and we're open to whatever he would wanna do in us. So Holy Spirit, come, we love you, God. We love you. Before you go, we just want to invite you to engage with what God is doing and your experience coming out of this message. If you're getting stirred and for action or you need prayer, we would love to connect with you on that. So please reach out, leave a comment or go to our website, send a message. We just want to participate and help you support you in the journey that you're in. So that's all for today. Have a blessed rest of your day.